I'm Chuck Seigers, and you're listening to More Than 140, conversations with people I know and you probably don't. I was a little tempted to get cute and introduce this segment by saying something like, when I first met Beth Beecham, it was 1984, and she was screaming at the top of her lungs. And I guess I just did, but since you're listening, you probably know who my daughter is, or at least a few things about her. Actually, the original idea for a podcast was something Beth and I talked about months ago in Austin during one of our many sleep-deprived conversations after my grandson had gone to bed or was otherwise engaged. We thought that a cross-generational conversation might be fun to record since both of us have opinions and neither shy about expressing them. The timing, though, as it intersected with the care and feeding of a one-year-old and finding a free moment and a quiet space to talk proved to be a little tricky. But before I went out of town recently, and definitely before I came down with a cold that hasn't given up yet on me and tends to live around my vocal cords, we managed to have a conversation that ranged as most of them do all over the place. It was hard to get much time on the road to listen and edit, and I ended up with 15 minutes of talk that struck me as focused and on point, at least most of the time. And it allowed me to ask about things I might not normally ask about in an ordinary phone call. In this case, about friendship turning 30 years old, and the implications of the 1983 film The Big Chill, which are, as it turns out, somehow sort of the same thing. Uh, I was going to follow your lead. Two things happened that I was thinking about. Wait a second. I'm getting an echo now. Are you? Do you have a speaker on somewhere? Or? No. Hmm. I can hear my own voice. That's weird. I, I mean, I just turned on a light. I suppose that—that's probably what it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that light hit something in my headphones. <laughs> Wireless technology is very strange. <laughs> Somebody asked me, a friend of mine asked me yesterday and tagged me. And by the way, I just want to go on the record. As, as I don't know if it bothers you, but I think there's just a lot of reckless tagging going on we in Facebook. We just had a conversation about this four minutes ago. Yeah, we, we, we need a, a guidebook mm-hmm. uh, for how to do it. It always annoys me. I, and there are people who do it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a useful tool. I mean, sometimes it's really important to, especially with the algorithm now, um, constantly being adjusted. You never know who's going to see anything. Right. Like a third of of your friends will ever see anything you post, and mm-hmm. and this didn't bother me. This was a, a friend of mine, who, and he tagged me and a mutual friend, and we all went to college together. And he wanted to see if we were interested in. It was just this Facebook quiz on how many Alfred Hitchcock films you right. I saw had, that had seen mm-hmm. right. And I just said, I'm I'm not a fan, so it wouldn't be a thing for me. And he he seemed surprised by that, but that then we moved on. It just made me think that, and and I got a recommendation about a film in an email yesterday from somebody who never does that. Hmm. He obviously didn't, you know, had no way of knowing that I've been waiting for this film for months, Mm. ever since I first started hearing about it back in the summer. So I thought, well, you know, it's just that movies are really personal. Mm. Mm-hmm. To me, I, I appreciate Vertigo and, and Rear Window and, and The Birds. And I, I'm aware of Alfred Hitchcock movies, and I've seen a lot of them. I just, I'm just not, they're not among my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just really personal. 
So, so I'm gonna do a, I'm gonna do my little Terry Gross radio thing here mm. now. Okay. To get us in the mood. Oh, all right. I'm ready. I don't feel that way. You know, I forget what this is like. In L.A., I don't know who to trust. I feel like everybody wants something from me. That sounds terrible, but it's true. Yeah, tell me about it. It's a cold world out there. Sometimes I think I'm getting a little frosty myself. I don't know what people think about me. I don't know why they like me, or even if they do like me. You don't have that problem here. You know I don't like you. <laughs> that was I actually moved the Blu-ray the other day and I plugged it in and, and immediately that started playing because hmm. it was the last one mm-hmm. that I had I had played and we've talked about it and we could talk about it and probably could spend an hour or two just talking about it but I I, had, I was trying to explain to somebody the other day about the Big mm-hmm. Chill I think when I bought it I bought the the latest version, Criterion version, and explaining that that you also liked it. And I was saying that that gave me a lot of pleasure that you liked it, but but I always assumed that we looked at it through such completely different lenses. Hmm. Because to me, the the movie is so rooted in 1983 that that's how I approach Mm -hmm. it. it. You know, I saw it in real time. When it was in the theater, when it came out, when the actors were the same age as the characters mm-hmm. they were playing, they were in their 30s instead of being in their 60s mm-hmm. now, and I was 10 years younger, and I was barely married, you know, like a few months, just moved to a new city, and they were very specific people of a very specific time that I just, that's all, that's, all of that is, is, is set for me in the way I, I see that mm-hmm. film. I can appreciate it. I know it's got quality beyond what... When, when and where I saw it, but but you can't possibly have any of that. Oh, so, I just couldn't possibly. It's true. Well, I mean, you weren't alive in 1983, and you didn't see it for the first time when you were in uh, the womb. 20, yes. 20, 25. Yeah. Well, it's true. So I, I was saying, I'm just guessing, you know, now that you appreciate it more for as a study in, in friendship mm-hmm. and the dynamics. And the strengths and the frailties in the whole package. Mm-hmm. That would that would be, you know, my my thirty second sum up of, of how we might look at it differently. Mm-hmm. Well it's always been a study of friendships for me, but what was interesting is that when I watched it for the first time, it was sort of when I had first found like my first friend village. Mm-hmm. And I was really interested in the possibility of where that could go. And you sort of saw a, a plausible outcome there. Yeah. So, and this was before, I remember really distinctly around the same time, you telling me, you know, out of all of these close friends that you have, in 10 years, you will maybe, maybe still know one of them. And, and that's when we were, had just sort of started continuous online communication and we were all instant messaging each other all the time. And I was like, no, it'll be fine. We're going to go to college all over the world, but we'll stay in touch via AOL instant messenger. Little did we know 
Yeah. Then in, in two years, we would be connected to our friends from preschool who we had no idea who they were anymore. So yeah. all was moot. That's funny that, that I would say that. I mean, in fact, I think somebody said it to me. I think a teacher was trying to explain mm-hmm. to me how the world works and what happens. Right, to but how could you not see ahead? I feel like we're such futurists yeah. usually, and there was just this big, we missed that one. Well, you know what I think it is, and I was telling this to Brian, my first podcast guest the other day, that when I graduated from high school, I walked around saying congratulations to other people and saying, you realize we'll never see each other again. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, it's part of my, my little quirky psychology that has to grab moments mm-hmm. and and freeze them. Mm-hmm. So it, that's where that's coming from. And it's like the possibility that this may be the last time of something and you want to you want to be i want to be able to remember it it's just it's, it's a neurotic thing mm-hmm. but yeah how come i couldn't see what was that you would be so co- cohesive mm-hmm. as a as a generation mm-hmm. but that brings me to what i thought i was really kind of interested in not so much your opinion of of the big chill but you and a lot of your friends anyway are all going to start turning 30 this is true and and I don't know if somebody already Robert's has. Robert already you, has. You're one of the, the early ones, mm-hmm. too. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was trying to think, so which puts you, you know, sort of right in the middle between the age of the characters in the Big Chill and the age I was when I saw the movie. Not that that makes any difference, except being 30 is, a, is an interesting time. And the question that came up when I was thinking about all of this is, I was wondering, how are your friendships going? Which ones? <laughs> I, no, I'm no, I don't mean specifically. I mean, at, at, at 30. At 30 or, or almost mm. 30, how do you feel in terms of, of maintaining friendships? How's that working for you? Well, you know, that, that's, that's interesting because I think we, sort of my generation, has become very casual about great distances because communication is so easy it doesn't seem like a problem for your sort of closest confidants to be at all corners least of the country um but i guess now i'm at a point where man some geographic closeness would be really convenient not that that's negatively impacted my friendships. I can just sort of for the first time really see how valuable that would be. Like I have these close relationships with people everywhere, but you know what I really need is someone to come over and watch my kids so I can take a shower. And right. and that's, you know, challenging and where it's still really easy for me to touch base with or touch in with any of these relationships that I have. I just don't get that, that benefit. And I do, I think there's people are starting to make their way back home for those reasons. Hmm. It also just might be that the adventuring period is ended. Most people are through school or can see the end of the graduate process and figuring out where they want to settle settle down you know there's something i know it's just a number but it, 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 there's something pretty solid about 30 mm-hmm. that that 
that relativity doesn't really play the way it does at 40 and 50. And, you know, everybody I know who's 56, who's my age, we all know that we're, that's not the same 56 as our fathers right. and, and especially not our grandfathers. Mm-hmm. But at 30, it's still basically the same for everybody. Mm-hmm. I think it's just, that's when, that's kind of the time when you assess. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, actually at 40, you reassess. Right. Too, and, that, and then that's when the crazy stuff starts happening when people start exercising a whole lot. But uh, <laughs> at, at thirty, you kind of take stock, right? Where am I? And where's everybody else? And already, people are having babies, and you're having babies, and and yeah. people have been married a few years, and other people are just getting married. It's also interesting. Like there are people that are still, you know, living in a studio apartment and struggling, and in college. And then there are people who have combined incomes of well into the six figures. And you're like, but we were all the same at one point. (laughs) How does this happen? (laughs) You know, I'll go back to my original kind of jerky thing to say to you about who you would know in 10 years is, is, and obviously, I, I mean, I was very wrong, but. Maybe in the back of my mind, I was thinking it's hard to to remember the intensity of friendships that you had when you were young mm-hmm. and life was less complicated. And that's more the question I had in mind. Do you do you miss that? Do you do you still find it? Well, it's like falling in love. It's it's yeah. the same thing. It's all more intense when you're younger and in the beginning. And when you're older, it's hard it is very rare to have a new friendship that makes the cut. You have these established relationships. You know, are you going to put the energy into building a new one and trying to catch it up really quickly? Um, so you miss that rush of falling in love with a new friend. Mm. I mean, and it happens. It's just, it has to, the stars have to align a little bit more and you might get one of those a year as opposed to, you know, 15. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess I miss the frequency of forming new relationships. None of none of our technology has managed to to uh, compensate for for just the hours that you spend doing nothing together mm-hmm. because you have nothing else to do. And well, that doesn't exist anymore. You always have something else to do. Exactly. Exactly. But but that's where you you form some sort of bond mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Making your own yeah. fun. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's something yeah. that's one of the reasons why I think the big chill is still so romantic in my mind. It's just looking at the time that they're just sitting with each other. And like, I can't even imagine what that's like. Just being completely yeah. 100% engaged in the present. It's so, I mean, I guess more so, I understand that more now than I did, say, a year ago. But, you know, not with people who can speak. <laughs> like, you have to be really in the present with a one-year-old, but we're not right. engaged in philosophical conversation. No. Well, you're in a you're in a very specific situation right. too. So, I uh, I was I, I I guess I'm at the stage where, and thanks to technology, I'm reestablishing friendships, mm-hmm. and, and it's more important to me. Here I am about to take a trip 
and I'm making the same effort I've made like the last three or four times I've, I've gone there specifically to see my mother, mm-hmm. which is also I want to see old friends who live right. there. And I, I don't want to I don't want to forget what they look mm-hmm. like. Uh, and I want to actually be in their physical presence for a while. Well, so we'll see how it goes. That reversion is fun. You yeah. get to sort of, I mean, you're who you are and you're the product of your experiences. But when you go back, you at least get to remember who you were. Every time I'm home by myself, I always notice little, I see little glimpses of my 16-year-old self. And that that brings me some joy. A little bit of recklessness. It's fun. <laughs>